talk about today the lifestyle of sons. I'm speaking of God's sons. And I did not say sons and daughters. That is intentional because I'm, I'm counting you women as sons and the men as sons. And that means that we are inheritors of God. Now, before I go any further, I want to thank all of you for being here. And I, I must thank our reader for reading who reads better than I ever did. And I, I was a very good reader. And uh, I, I think... I must have been the country reader, and uh, she's the city reader or something like that. But I want to thank all of you. But I'm calling you sons because you are inheritors. And this is a big thing that I think we often miss as people of God. We talk about them somewhat in a, what we would call a nonchalant way. You know, it's like kind of a, hmm, throw it out there, like a happy-go-lucky. Yeah, just, you know, it didn't mean a lot. You know, just kind of like that, a casual way. But we are inheritors of God. And when I talk about the lifestyle of sons, it is the way in which a person or group lives. Some of us do not live like we are sons of God. We just don't live like that. We don't comport or conduct ourselves like we are sons of God. I've given you the example, and as I've noticed throughout my life, I love getting older I don't want to ever get decrepit, but I love getting older and learning so much. I've noticed through my life, you can almost always tell somebody who's loved, who knows they're loved, not, not necessarily who is loved, but who knows they're loved. And I've watched you know, young women, and I have four granddaughters, and I always want them to know, and my grandsons, but I always want those girls to know, you are loved. And there is a man in the world who loves you unconditionally, who will give his life for you and not think anything about it. I want them to know their love. Because when they walk, I don't want them to walk with their head down. I want them to walk knowing who they are. And if nobody thinks they're pretty, there is an old man who would die for them who thinks they're beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And I've noticed when you inculcate that in people, they start to act like loved people. And so we need to act like son people, S-O-N people, sons of God. And, and we are real and actual sons of God. This is not something that is figurative. It's kind of like we are. No, we are right now. And so I wanted, let me get, delve into this pretty quickly in Galatians uh, ch- chapter 3 verses, verse 26, and, and uh, we'll go through, um, I believe, verse 29 here. So in verse 26, he says, Paul says, it's writing to the Galatians. These Galatians are, are chiefly Gentiles. There are some Jewish believers who are mixed with them, but they're Gentiles. And when you think of Gentiles, you, you don't think of like we do the nations of the world in this day. You don't think like that. In those days, the Jews were the only people group on the planet that had a relationship with the real God. They were the only people on the planet that had, and it's not just because they wrote it, it's the truth. Even looking back, we know it's the truth. They had um, a covenant with God through Abraham. They had 
um, the law of God. They had the writings, the sayings of God, what we call the oracles of God. That's what they had. They were the keepers of sayings. Can you imagine that God has these expressions and you are the only people group that have them? And so they had, they were those who had the oracles, the sayings of God, and they knew what God wanted. And they, for a while, they gave him what he wanted. And so Paul now talks, is talking to the Galatians, and he says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And he uses the word son, he uses the word weos, weos. In other words, you are not a, a baby. You're not a little, little nursing infant. You are a mature son. You're a son of God. Why? How did you get there? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ. And then Gentiles were brought into covenant relationship through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want you to be too nonchalant, nor do I want you to be like we were in the church I grew up in necessarily. I don't want you to be like that. But I do want you to, to receive, to um, uh, ingest, uh, masticate the word and ingest the word and then allow it to be uh, into your digestive process. And I want it to come out in your actions, in your, in your personal conduct. Now, for, some, for Paul to tell us that we are now not these little itty-bitty babies, but we are, we are sons of God. Sons of God, not babies of God, sons of God. We are action people through faith in Jesus Christ. Then he says, for, how how did I get there? Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ. Now listen, we're not baptized about Christ, round about it. We are baptized what into uh, on, on, on these baptismal days, and we go back there, and Pastor Bert takes people, and he takes them out, and then we baptize them. He takes them down in the water. He baptizes them in the water, and he brings them up. He says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so there's nobody who, here who is baptized in the water who doesn't come up with water all over them. They got the water over them. Now, you and I are baptized into Christ, and we come up clothed with Christ. That's the reality here, with his life, his substance, who he is. He says, for as many as you who were so baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Past tense. So he wants us to have this amazing lifestyle. Do we live like it? Do we really live like we are Christ's representatives? We are a representation of him. This is what he wants, and this is what is needed. Now listen to what he concludes. This is so huge for me. There is neither Jew nor Greek. So, whoa, Jesus came to do something. Now there's neither Jew nor nor Greek, or Jew, or Gentile. Greek is meaning all the other groups. Now listen, there's neither what? Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. Notice how Jesus, being in Christ, breaks down all these distinctions that separate everybody, that causes us to to adopt the little phrase, birds of a feather flock together. Such a demonic thing. 
There's neither male nor female. Three groups. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Racial distinction. There's neither slave nor free. That seems to me to be a, a class, a social distinction. There's neither male nor female, no gender distinction, in the sense of, in this day, you got to explain that. I'm not soft on stuff. I say whatever Jesus gives me to say. Doesn't matter if your son or daughter, my son or daughter, whatever. We got to tell the truth about it. What we're talking about here is gender, not what you think you might be. We're all born with something wrong, but Christ can make it right. And so there's not, neither male. So what he, he doesn't want, this is what he doesn't want. He doesn't want all this male dominance that we see. No, you, no, 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 you women, I don't want you to be too quick to say, yeah, that's right. He doesn't want all the stuff that you would bring either. He doesn't want the stuff that men bring, and he doesn't want all this junk that women bring. Because we all bring something to the table that's bad. I was talking about a, uh, to somebody about marriage and was going through marriage and what I'd learned uh, from the scriptures. And I said, we all have baggage. And it says, yeah, Pastor, but some of us have cargo. <laughs> so true, isn't it? Bring all kinds of stuff into the marriage. Y'all just love me like I am. No, no, we're going to love you like y'all. We're trying to take you out of that stuff. Okay, no male or female. I don't want to go there. N neither male nor female. So but he wants all these gender distinctions, you know, wiped away in Christ. You know, you can't do this because you're a woman and only men can do this job. Only men can do this job if they're called by God. But I don't want an uncalled man. Or do you? Okay. That's what he's talking about. And he says, for you are all one in Christ, Jesus. And if you are Christ's, or if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And Paul is going somewhere with this. He, he, step by step, he's going somewhere. Now, he says, you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ's, or if you belong to Christ, how many of us belong to Christ? Say yes and raise your hand. He says, and if you are Christ, then... As a result of that, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. So your true followers of Christ are children of Abraham. And that, that's very important. There was a, a, a particular time in the past when only those who were of Jewish and Jewish descent were uh, children of Abraham. So now he tells us you and I are now all seed or children and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise that God made to Abraham. So let's look at this. Paul stated that Christ is the seed of Abraham. Galatians uh, 3.16 says, Now to Abraham and to his seed, S-E-E-D, were the promises made. They were to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say and to Seeds, S-E-E-D-S. That's Galatians 3.16. He doesn't say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, he says to Abraham, who is Christ. Therefore, being in Christ makes a believer a part of that seed and an heir of the promise that God made to Abraham. 
So God has made a promise to Abraham that in his seed, Jesus, all the families of the earth would be blessed. So it wouldn't be Jewish only. It would be all of the families of the earth. And he says now, those of us who now are in Christ or who belong to Christ, we are part of that heirship. We are now heirs along with Jesus. Paul speaks, uh, or the, the New Testament speaks of this word, we, us, or sons, 222 times. So I think God wants us to grasp this. Now, I want you to look at this. So since God is saying that you and I are heirs, this is so big. Let me get a little bit ahead of myself by saying to you that you and I are not just, and I don't want to downplay it all, it's not just eternal life. Oh, I got the eternal life, I'm going to live forever. That's amazing. And that is an amazing thing that God has done. He's given us everlasting life. We don't fully comprehend everlasting life. We have an idea of everlasting life. But everlasting life is not just life that goes on forever and ever. It is sustained life that goes on forever. It is all the it's more peace than you have ever experienced, more joy than you've ever experienced, more completeness and fullness than you've ever experienced, more contentment than you've ever, ever had. It's like being so full, you don't lack a thing. And not only that, that's such a great start. Not only that, but the wealth, that is also wealth. What I've just talked about is wealth. But the wealth of the universe is now yours. There is no, no end for us in, in this particular body, but it goes on and on and on and on. And what he is saying is, you know, it's all of that is yours. That's what he's saying. Now, now look, right now, it wouldn't be nice to have uh, an, uh, 40 acres downtown Dallas. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? You would be so wealthy. Can you imagine having 40 acres uh, in New York City, right downtown? Can you imagine the wealth? I mean, huge wealth or, or, or 40 acres in, in London or something. So, but you don't have to worry about these little local lots because you Right now, seated, no matter what you seem to have, you now are a joint heir with Jesus of all that God has ever made through Christ. you joint heir. That's what God wants us to understand. So that lifestyle is we ought to be like that girl who knows that she's loved and loved and loved and she doesn't matter. I had a boy that I grew up with and um, I had a boy that I grew up with and uh, he, he, he wasn't too handsome. I mean, there were a lot of us who weren't too handsome, <laughs> but he was really not too handsome, but everybody just loved him. I mean, the girls thought that was the best guy. You know why? He didn't know he wasn't too handsome. That boy did not walk like that. That, that, that boy, when that boy got around, that boy was something. That boy thought, man, he was, he, he was the one everybody was sending for. Are you still with me? And so, but you and I don't seem to walk like that. Head hung down. We, we don't understand that, that, that God has done something for us in Christ that can never be negated. We, we have a lifestyle. We, all, we should have a way of living right now. We don't need, as it were, dollars in our pockets to know that we are somebody in God. We are somebody through Jesus Christ. Yes, it doesn't matter what others have. That, what others have, it's just loaned to them a little while. It's really yours. And, and in, the, in the restoration, you'll see it by and by. Let me look at another 
couple of three scriptures in Galatians chapter four. We'll start in verse one. He says, and see, this is what we have to understand, uh, who we are at this juncture. He says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. So Paul is telling us that you can't really always tell who people are, but he is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. He is under guardians and stewards. What? Until the time that his father says, okay, son, you're fully grown. This is all yours. Even so we, Paul says. Now notice, verse 3 says, it starts with even so we. So we also are under, as it were, guardians and stewards have been. Listen to what the word says. When we were, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time has, had come, there was a, there's always a kairos moment. There's a certain time that God has for the revealing of sons and daughters. So when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, S-O-N, born of a woman, born under the law. Why born under the law, born under the woman, born under the law? To redeem those who were under the law, that we might have the adoption as sons. So, now, now, I must kind of go through this, and I'm going to go through this a little, a little quickly, but I will revisit it at some later point. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, the scripture reads, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Now notice, we were in bondage. So beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So I admonish all of us as believers, don't listen to what the world has to say about you. Come to church and listen to the man or woman of God and listen to what the word of God has to say about you. All right. And now notice here, he says, in Galatians 4, 9, he says, but now after you have known God, or rather are known by God. So Paul says, after you have known, of, known God, which is very, very important that you know God, but it is more important that you are known of God. He says, but now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? What he is saying is that the Christians here in, Gal in Galatian, Colossi, uh, and other places, in this text of Galatians, in Galatia, they were quickly going back to what they had come out of. Uh, have you seen any evidence of that in the last 10, 12 years in, in America? Oh, you're, you're a little timid? You're a little timid? Have you ever seen it? I've seen it, all right? I've seen it in America. I've seen it in the world where we want to go back to being like the world, and we don't under, seem to understand it. It's like we have been beguiled. We don't understand that this is the way, this is the world's philosophical bent, and now we are placing ourselves under their reasoning rather than what God has told us. It's happening, brothers and sisters, not only here, but it's happening everywhere in the world. And so Paul is admonishing us, don't do that. Why are you going back? He said, that's bondage. And so when you take a worldly position about anything going on there, you're going into bondage, he's saying. 
You got to walk away from that stuff. You know, that's why I know sometimes people say, well, Pastor Dawn is political. That's because you've been captive. I'm not political. You've been captured. I'm not political. I, I don't, I don't, I, I believe in plumb line. And the plumb line says, if I lean to the left, I need to be torn down. If I lean to the right, you say, don't mess with the right, I need to be torn down. It doesn't matter if I'm to the right, I got to be torn down. If I'm to the left, I got to be torn down. I've got to be plumb with God. That means we need to be kingdom. We need to know that we are in Christ. That means we are a new creation. We are not of the old creation. I have no loyalty to the old creation except to live as a new creation. Amen. 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 Oh, wow. Okay, let me, let me, I'm going to be like no, no more than maybe two minutes. So stand up two minutes, no more. Colossians 2.20 says, Therefore, if you died or since you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? Why do you do that? Why then do you go under the world system and try to operate under the world system and with a fault, with a pretense of, I'm just trying to take them Christ. Well, the only way we, you and I can really take them Christ, take them what, what God has done in us through Jesus Christ is to walk as sons. If you take a side, you're not walking as a son. I'm going to tell you, that's a tough thing to get out of us, though. It was tough getting out of me. I saw the revelation, but it was hard sometimes entering into that. But one day I entered into it. I'm free. I'm free. I have, Paul teaches us also, you and I have no obligation to the, to the flesh. We don't owe the flesh a thing. So we don't have to fulfill the desires of our flesh because we don't owe it anything. Why? Because we have been rescued. We have been put into a totally new realm. We are now living in a place called the beloved that is in Christ. Okay, my last verse. My last verse. Hebrews 5.12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. The first principles, and listen, of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So what Paul is saying to, to, to those in Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 5.12, he is saying, you should have gone on to bring something that God had for, for you and for others in the body and even beyond. But because you have subjected yourself to things you should not have subjected yourself and were not walking like sons, he said, no, you need to be taught again the very first principles of Christ. And... Uh, of the oracles of, of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. And that's the result where we don't walk as sons. But I want you today to walk as sons of God, knowing who you are, being fully capable of partaking in the family business. See, the kingdom of God is the family business. <laughs> you don't have to cry and scrape. For these local lots, for you are part owner of the family business through Christ. The amazing thing is that in, the, in a short while, God is going to give Jesus everything full reign at everything. But you know, he's not going to receive it without you, without me. When Christ gets his, fully gets his, we get ours. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Amen.